0: Welcome to the Architect of Change show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie.
1: Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks again for joining me this week. My motivational quote for today is by Andrew Wilkinson, who was the founder of Metalab, and it says, You don't have to make yourself miserable to be successful. It's natural to look back and mythologize the long nights and manic moments of genius. But success isn't about working hard. It's about working smart. How many of us wake up in the morning feeling frantic because our day seems to begin before our eyes even open? Do you put your head on the pillow at night and your mind begins to race thinking about your to-do list for the next day or week uh, versus quietly and gently falling into slumber? Does this hamster wheel of constant motion, responsibility, and pressure ever stop so you can take a breath before continuing on? Most of us feel this pressure and strain to perform both at home and at work 24 hours a day. We have a need to fit everything in and often put ourselves last in order to keep our heads above water. Is there an answer to creating a life balance or some form of integration between the two? If the answer to this question is yes for you, would you listen and be willing to commit to doing things differently? Today, my guest, Dr. Luann Fisher, is the President and CEO of Liberty Lutheran Services. Luann is a lecturer, author, and consultant who covers topics ranging from fiscal management for long-term care facilities, personal management, labor relations, mergers, wellness, and future trends. She's going to help us decide what we want in our lives so we can choose our own course of action and create more control so that we get off that. Hamster wheel and breathe. Luann is going to provide some clear how to's that has worked for her and those she works with and will help us change our current way of thinking to create balance, calm, and control in our everyday lives. Doesn't that sound fabulous? Are you willing to open your mind to alternate ways to create a happy, balanced reality that's not crazed and frantic? I know I am. With that, please help me welcome my guest, uh, Dr. Luann Fisher. So, Luann, thank you so much for being on. Certainly. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a big topic. I, when I uh, train my classes and I often ask people, you know, what topics are you guys looking for? You know, looking for help and information on this, I think is my number one answer. They're looking to create calm in their life because they just feel like they pop one thing to the next, to the next in their life. So I know that you have a lot of experience with this. So My question to start is, how do you describe or how would you describe work-life balance?
2: Well, to me, it has to do with where your priorities are and where you're putting your time. So when I think about work-life balance through the years, it has been focused, it used to be focused more on keeping things separate. And now I see it more as work-life integration. Yes. So sort of like whether you're in the flow and where you're you're focusing and where you're putting your energy. I I see it a little bit different than it used to be a very clear-cut measure of when I'm at work, I'm at work, when I'm at home, I'm home. And I think that has evolved through the years. Why do you think that is, this evolution that's happened? I think technology probably has a lot to do with it. Um, We were not able to access things as quickly as we do now. And information uh, was not uh, as prevalent as it as it is, you know, every moment now. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Plus, the changing societal demands, um, I think, probably fueled that as well. That's true.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and I think that. You know, I know when my mom, when I was young, right, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She didn't go back to work until we were in high school and my brother was in college to try to get that extra, you know, boost of money um, to pay, to help us pay for our college. They paid for really most of it. So I I think now... (laughs) Everybody's working, male, female, moms, dads. So I, I think that's why we have this crazed, frantic kind of environment at home, at work. There always seems to be a frenzy, and, and that's my point of view anyway. Now, why why do you think work-life balance is so important for us?
2: Well, what's really important, I believe, is to be, have some sort of um, focus on centering, and that, of course, is different for every person. And I think the key to this concept has more to do with knowing who you are and what works for you and what is your style and what are your needs um, and how that is framed within your family and support system, whatever that looks like. So I don't think it's a clear-cut prescriptive piece. It really Mm. has to do with uh, your style and what works for you. Some people can't really multitask easily and their brains get fried when they're when they're doing too much and other people are naturally uh, gifted at multitasking so if you're a multitasker then the integration just flows and it, it it just all works if you're not if you're a person who really prefers to focus more closely and clearly on on um you know one particular task then i think then your style is going to be very different from that other person
1: yeah, and, and I think whether you're a morning person, an evening person, that will impact, I think, how you um, get your mojo going every day, right? How, what you're, When you're the most productive. For Absolutely. me, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. I know I have very, very high energy from the minute I wake up and then about 8, 830 at night. I hit that cliff, I'm done. So, you know, if my kids or my husband, they know that you can't ask me any questions. You can't say, can you check this for me? I can't even think. I I pretty much shut down. And I have friends who would rather sleep in the morning and then do their most productive work at night. So I can't relate to that because I'm certainly not uh, a night person, but I I get it. You know, we each have our own different rhythm throughout the day. What do you think are some of the key strategies for people to find their balance? Because I do like that you said that it's not prescriptive that This is going to work for everyone. That's crazy because we all have so many different, like you said, multitaskers, AM, PM person, uh, people, high energy, low energy, et cetera. So what are some key strategies for individuals to achieve or at least try to work on that centering you speak
2: of? Well, I think it's important that you build into your schedule, um, your relaxation or your downtime or whatever it is that refreshes you so um you know i'm pretty um pretty clear about scheduling. Uh, things go out quite a while quite a ways on a calendar, and mm-hmm. I just you know when I'm with a group of people, we schedule the next time it's just and, and you have to build it in to what it is you're doing, whatever those activities are that com- that uh, you know make up the quality time and the quality of relationships, you just have to schedule them and and that's one thing I think has been really critical um Another thing that has been important to me is I've really had to clear out those things that um, sat my energy and my time. Um, I used to teach a class at um, Temple and mm-hmm. it was in stress management coping life stress skills and one of the and at the time that I taught the class it was before I had children and they would all the, the, the The students in the class would say, oh, you have no clue about stress. You don't have kids. Um, And, you know, at the time, I said, yeah, but I've got nieces and nephews. It's not the same, they'd say. Um, And I think that they're right. Having children um, and fitting that all in, I think that is the most uh, jam-packed time-wise time Time in your life is when your children are, you know, young, uh, up to the age of, of 16 or so. I think they require a lot of time. So you have to be really clear about what your priorities are. And if there's something, you know, family members or friends that are too draining and that really sap your energy, um, I don't spend time with with, – I try very hard not to spend time, a lot of time with folks like that. Uh, That's a priority uh, for me. Another thing is to um, think through that you have to be just really meticulous about your scheduling and your – and your errands and you know we all have a whole laundry list of things that we have to get done if you can work sure. at home um, mm-hmm. any particular time and do your errands during the week um it just is so much easier than weekends uh, or or split things with friends or you know it depends again on your budget um there's things you can do so that you don't have to uh, online and et cetera these things you can do to make your um your whole list of your laundry list um, going, I think that's important. I think another piece is that you have to stay centered and for me, that means exercise and a good diet um, i I really like to be on the move and and going and active because I think that um, you just have better energy when you're when you're moving and uh, when you do take time to exercise in your life uh, and along with that um relaxation is another piece that is very helpful to make sure you know what works for you for relaxation you know for me it might be taking a bath or listening to music or i make sure i walk every day with the dog whatever it is um we all have things we have to be clear about for ourselves that works so that's another thing that's been helpful to me is making sure that you have adequate support So there's people in your life that can help you do whatever it is that has to be done. It could be a trip to the dry cleaners, or it could be babysitting the kids uh, while you go out and do shopping. Whatever it is, try to build in the supports into your life so that um, you can access people um, and help them as well when they have needs, but so that you are able to get your needs met. Um, And that goes along with asking, making sure you're asking for what it is you need from folks. Uh, And 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 unless you communicate clearly, it's not going to be clear. Yeah.
1: And you think that people should just assume they should know how to help you. And it it doesn't work that way. People are not mind readers or, you know, aware of what you're struggling about. You know, it's so funny. Each as you went through each of these over time, over my life, you know, my children's life, et cetera, I'm laughing because you said, like, build things into your schedule. You know, if I go for my mammogram, let's say annually. Right when you you know pay the fee, the copay, whatever it is, and I say let's go out, let's schedule the year out. Now I don't have the calendar, but at the back of my current calendar, I'll book whatever that that um, that time frame is, because then I know when I schedule my next year with clients, I just schedule around it. That's a priority. Mm-hmm. So, you you really do need to schedule. Um, You know, as soon as my son he plays hockey, he plays a high school team and a a AAA travel team. Okay. So, it's very, there's a lot of demand and and commitment on his part, but also on my husband and my part. Plus, we like to see him play. You know, I know I'm not going to have that forever. He's 16. Mm -hmm. So, I schedule, as soon as I get the schedule, I schedule that in, and then you book around that. That's another priority for me, as is my clients, of course. So scheduling, you know, I can't emphasize that enough. And people who don't have a planner or their phone or they don't use Outlook, I don't have they function because you have so many moving parts in your life that if you don't have it scheduled or have a master schedule, and, and I don't know how you do it, but my work and my personal I have a combined because I need to see where my day is. If I'm traveling, am I going to be back for a game? If not, I have to get coverage for my son to get rides to and from, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it's not Connie Whitman at work, Connie Whitman at home. It's Connie Whitman and her life, and, and that gets scheduled. Do you, do you keep separate or, again, a combined
2: grid? No, you know what? That's, what I, that's when I was talking about integration. That's exactly the point. Um, I think you have, I mean, I have actually two calendars, but they're not work and home. The two calendars are my phone, which I keep the calendar um, electronically, but I find it Much quicker to be able to use an actual written calendar, uh, you know, one of those old daytimes, to keep lots more information than just who I'm meeting with at what time. It just holds more information for me, and I can look at it quicker, and I can bring up quicker whether I can do things. So for me, it's about being efficient. So I have two calendars, which doesn't sound very efficient, I'm sure, but for me it works perfectly, and I find that the people that I work with on our team – uh, have the same sort of setup for themselves because it, it's just more efficient for us. Yeah, and I
1: and the the I have a I have a paper planner. People laugh at me, and I go, Hey, I'm old school. It works but I like it because the blocks are bigger and I could write several things and then on the side they give you room for notes and I could print out directions. As soon as I make the appointment, I, I have a GPS, but I am GPS impaired, Luann. That's one of my difficulties in life. So I also like having a hard copy just in case something happens to the GPS because I'm never late. I'm always early for things. So I put that in the planner. For that month, so everything is always organized. That my son's schedule goes in at the beginning of the year. I have that in my schedule as a reference, so that you always have what you need with you without making it too bulky and and cumbersome. So yeah, I love, I love. If it's up to me, they will never
2: go out of business. These paper planners. (laughs) Well, I had that same disability with the GPS and the impairments, (laughs) and I find the same exact thing. And thank goodness I have a car now with with it in it. And sometimes it does go down, and you can't help that, but then thank goodness you have the phone that has Google Maps on it. That's so, right. That, yeah, you know, that's it's the other just, thing. It's always about options and backup plans because you have to assume that it's not going to go as planned. So what? I'm just like an options thinker. So you know it's not going to go as planned. rarely does. So then what are the other avenues? What else can you do? What are the other options? And that's just how I think, and I think that has been helpful um, through the years. Uh, in terms of maintaining that integration.
1: Yeah, and and it's so funny. My kids laugh at me because it's it's just funny that you say that because my they they laugh at me a lot when well, they laugh at me a lot on their mother. But they laugh at me when I say, okay, this is what our plan is, just in case. Something goes wrong that we can't control, car doesn't work, whatever. Here's my plan B. And then I always even have a plan C. And they look at me like, oh my God, overkill. But when you go to the have to go to the plan B, they will say to me, Oh Mama, good you thought of that. When you have to sometimes go to that plan C, they look at me and go, We think you're a freak, but you know what? It's good that you had a plan C. And here's the thing for me, why I think I do that is because I if I have a commitment with a client, now certainly when my children were younger, if my kid was, was really sick, right, of course they would have understood if I had to cancel a class. My feeling was that 20 people were scheduled and are traveling to get to this class, yes, they too would understand, but I had backup plans. So I had a babysitter, a full-time babysitter. If she happened to be sick, which you know Murphy's law happens. My mom and dad lived locally. They were always my backup. So even if they weren't feeling well, I knew I would never have to call in sick with a client because I always had them as my backup plan. So, you know, people laugh at that, but I've never, knock on wood, I have never called in sick um, when I've had training where where people have committed that time to me. And that is very, very important. And I think that builds reputation um, as well, that you deliver what's expected and, and you have backup plans. So yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that. Let's take one brief break. And then when we come back, there are a couple of things I want to talk about, because What we're talking about, finding this integration, because you are one person, right? We're not Connie Whitman at work, Connie Whitman at play, um, at home. How do we measure whether we're achieving success in both areas? So when we come back, I'd really like to hit on
0: that. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com.
1: Okay, we are back, and we are back with Dr. Luann Fisher, who is the president and CEO of Liberty Lutheran Services And we're really talking about does work-life balance, really it's work-life integration, does it exist? And Luann is really helping us work through that, yeah, it does exist. You just have to take the time to put some structure um, in place to get that integration working. So. When you have that integration, Luann, and you have you schedule relaxation time, which everybody listening, I hope they do schedule relaxation and exercise. It's vital for our mind and our body. Otherwise you're not functioning at your best. And, you know, then you become a mediocre employee or, or whatever you're doing in your life. So how do we know or how can we say, All right, I'm getting pretty successful with this?
2: What would be um measurements? I guess would be a good word. Well, I think part of that has to do with um, who you are as a person. So some people look for external cues and focus as to whether they're being successful. Um, You know, it could have to do with what their position is, how much money they make. Um, You know, it's about more of that sort of thing. And other people are looking at it from an internal focus. And that's how I'm thinking of it. When I look at success, I'm not looking at, the money or the cars or the whatever, I'm really looking at, am I the best person that I can be? Am I clear about who I am? Am I living out my life purpose? And am I doing it in a way with grace and with kindness? So that's sort of my piece, but you could ask 10 people on the street, and I'm sure you'd have 10 different responses about what that looks like. So I think we're all very different, and the key is we're all here for, you know, we're on different paths. And um, in this journey that we are taking, you know, what do we want it to look like? So I think we have to look at success around, um, you know, I could say, I could say, well, I'm going to measure success if my kids are well-adjusted and normal. And that's probably important. An important piece is if you're a working parent, you want to be sure that you're not um, doing things, that your behaviors are not doing things that are not um, supportive and Um, helpful to your kids, um, and you're helping to teach them lessons as they're teaching you. So I think part of it has to do with with the whole picture of who you are before you can say, this is how we're going to measure success. Uh, Yeah, and it's funny, and
1: I have younger people who, who are in my classes and they'll say, um, you know, they work for corporations, so they come through my classes and they'll say things like, well, yeah, you measure success about, you know, your kids and, you know, how how productive they are, whatever. They go, we're looking for the money. And I always laugh at that because I think that when I was young, I probably measured success by, well, how much money am I making this year, especially in relation to my peers. You know, did that MBA put more money in my pocket? Did my effort working harder than you put money in my pocket? So I do think it's just um – it shifts as we shift through life. What What is your take on that? Is, do perceptions change, do you think?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. When I was young, much younger, in my early 20s, we used to measure success by saying, if you made the amount of years you were by your salary, so if I was 27 <laughs> years old and making 27000 I was successful. Yes. And, of course, they don't think of it that way these days, and they want two and three times what we used to make at that age. And... And that's okay um, because we're in a different, a different world. Um, but that's how I used to think about success because I really didn't know um, what it really was. And I, just as you grow and learn and follow your journey, I think different things reveal themselves to you. And, for instance, resiliency is really important to me. Well, I would never have thought when I was 22 years old that being resilient was going to be a way that I was going to measure success. Yeah, because of all the things that happen in your life, resiliency is I think key and and when I do my stress management teaching, it's really around that. How do you develop resiliency in people? How do you help them really come to grips with being able to take the blows and the and the challenges that happen every day and turn it around and help them grow and learn from it? How do you take a mistake as long as it's not, you know, life uh, threatening, threatening, you yeah. A mis- uh, yeah, mistake and turn it around so you can learn from it and then help others. So it's just a different perception that I think you gain as you as you have uh, life experience. It's
1: interesting, too, because um, younger people let me just comment on this. They they look to me as a mentor, which humbles me whenever that happens, because they respect me. And they trust me. And that's a big one for me when people trust me and they tell me things very, very personal. I'm always touched by that. And it really, it stops me and I think, wow, you know, that's powerful. Reverse that. I have so many young people who I absolutely adore and they will come to me and say, oh, Connie, you need to get this app. This is going to help you with, you know, whatever, because they get to know me pretty well. And I giggle, and I go, here's my phone. I unlock it, and I go, now download it for me, and then you're going to show me how to use it before you leave today. And then the other thing they'll do is, if they know I'm in the building, let's say they'll run in and they say, oh, listen to this podcast. It's a really good one. It's so up your alley. I was listening and thought of you immediately. But they think to write it down, to share it with me, because they know I'll never find it on my phone <laughs> because I'm also technologically impaired, Luann, by the way. So isn't thats <laughs> is, I know, isn't that funny? So, but, but they – they help me with that, so they reverse mentor me, and I tease them. I go, you know, you're reverse mentoring me. Thank you for that. I appreciate it, and you see them kind of stand a little bit taller as well, and I I laugh because the their measurement of success and my measurement, and the one thing I, they keep saying, but I want it, but I want to end up. X, Y, Z, and then I always say to them, but remember, the adventure is the path, not the destination, because you learn so much more along the road than actually getting to that, whatever that success is in your mind. Here's the thing. I think we can say that as I'm, I'm, I happen to, I just had my 54th birthday. I, I think it's easy for us to say that as as um, middle-aged, I'm a middle-aged woman. I, I don't know how old you are. You don't have to answer that but but the they don't realize because they don't have the experience that the journey is truly the magic in life you know so perception is is just it becomes our reality i i i love that um that you commented on that do you have anything to add from your perspective no
2: i think you uh you summed it up rather nicely i think it is around perspective and it also is so individual it is really about again individual journeys yeah. And, and, you know, it was cute. I had a young man in
1: my class and I don't know, I, I said, Oh, you should listen to my podcast. And I have, I give him a little a card with all my social media stuff on it, my website. And at the end of the class, he stayed and must've been in his twenties. And he looked at, he came over and he said, can I ask you a question? I said, of course. And um, he said, how do you fit everything in? Do you ever sleep? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I giggled and I said, "Well, I don't sleep much, but that that's always been my my mo." I said, "Here's the thing: I schedule everything, so you just fit more in when you're scheduled and organized." And he mm-hmm. looked at me and he goes, "Schedule it. That's a great idea." So you see how he he was impressed or what or inspired or thought I was crazy. Not really sure. He didn't he didn't quantify or qualify, but that he walked away thinking, schedule it. Hmm, that's a good idea. So I love when light bulbs go off for people about something simple that I use in my life that works. And if they can make it work in their life, you know, it's like cool beans. Go for it.
2: Personally, what... Schedule again. I think it's protect your private time. Like make sure when you're scheduling that you don't over schedule your life. Uh, One of the things I do is I block out... I try very hard to block out at least just put a line through one day in the quarter where I do not have anything on my calendar at all. So I can use it for whatever I need. And I try very hard to protect that space.
1: Oh, I love that idea. I'm going to use that. I I have a tendency to overbook. That's, um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I do. I do. And, 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 in fairness, not in fairness, for to defend myself, you know, I still have uh, two children. The one is in college, but the one is still home. And you were right, as a teenager, he doesn't drive yet. So he, he still has a demanding schedule with hockey right. and school and et cetera. I also have elderly parents. I'm very blessed that they're still alive. So, you know, doctor's appointments. So you, there's a lot going on. There's a, you know, again, individualized, everybody's got a lot of moving parts. You know, who has babies at home and trying to get out of the house when the kid is is crying and you know something's wrong. Do you take off and take them to the doctor? You know, we're pulled all the time. Finding that, um, that grounding or that centering is not an easy thing. What lessons have you learned just because of all of your backgrounds? labor relations, mergers, so you've seen different perspectives of work and and people at home with the wellness, et cetera. What lessons have you learned that maybe you could share with the listeners? We have have a couple of minutes left.
2: Um, One thing I would say, I've learned to say no. So um, I I was very involved in the children's school through the years and, you know, the HSA uh, president, et cetera, et cetera. And I've learned through the years to say, no, I really – I just can't fit that in my schedule right now. Maybe I can do that next year. Sure. You know, whether it's a serving on a board or some sort of volunteer or could I even come to dinner next week, I've just learned to say no. If you don't really love someone's uh, time and energy and relationship, like why would you want to spend and have dinner with them? You know, you just I just learned to say no. Another thing is to really rethink um, what absolutely has to get done. Everything is an A, B, or C pile. Um, that's for sure. You have to, you know, and and clean, you know, what I thought clean was at one time, things are just probably not as clean as they used to be, and that's okay. I, as long as it's not unhealthy, I can live that way. So, um, you know, we all have our, our what's important to us again. And keep making sure the house is perfectly clean. So if a stranger comes to the door, that's just not um, not something that uh, I consume a lot of time on. I try to telecommute. I try to um, make sure that I use technology when I can, so that um, I can really focus on the relationship side of things. Um, I try to communicate, and that means over communicate because. Um, what I, when I think I'm communicating something very clearly, I've learned that I may not be, and that others may not be hearing it the way that I'm intending. So I, I try to do the, you know, check check on my communication to be sure I'm really clear. And I also um, I'm not big on guilt, so um, that's something that has been very helpful to me. I think I came in um, to this world with guilt not being an issue. Um, because a lot of people I've observed have a lot of guilt when they cannot um, do what they thought they could do or pretend something or whatever it is, they really suffer from guilt. And I think that's not a helpful thing most of the time.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't get you anywhere. If you really can't do it, you can't do it. If you can, you do. And, you know, it happens it just happens we a bunch of ladies we go out to dinner and i had a friend she's a distance away and she her mom she had issues with her mom over the weekend and we were going out for sushi on a monday night so we don't do presents we go out to dinner and spend time together and she texted me and she said please do not feel bad i had my mom and, and i just have a severe headache and i texted back and i said no worries don't ever feel guilty that you were making the effort in the first place that touched me enough that you can't come because you have other things going on in your life. Oh my goodness. Don't ever ever feel guilty that you're not spending that time with me. I'll see you the next time, you know? But people worry that you're hurting. Why would why would you think someone was hurting you if they had a headache and they were traveling and I want to add to their angst. That would be that to me would make it less fun, right? Right. Yeah, I, the guilt is, is it, you know, easier said than done, though, Luann. That That's the other uh, reality. We are out of time, my friends. It always goes way too fast for me. I love this conversation. I At the beginning, I wrote down you gave six key tips. Build things into your schedule. Clear things out that drain your energy. Think through meticulously your to-do list. Um, you know, streamline as much as you can. Be centered by exercising and diet. Mind, body, spirit lives well within us. Re- fit in that relaxation. Have adequate support and ask for help. And then you just gave uh, several more with saying no and feeling no guilt and using the technology uh, all. So so. this was, to me, a filled with a bunch of um, helpful hints and to-do lists. What I'm going to also do, Ann, because I, I really hope that we've piqued people's interest to say maybe there is a better way. Maybe I need to make some changes and tweak myself. I'm going to put your uh, contact information, which is L. Fisher at libertylutheran.org. Is that I, I'll put it on the website on Web Talk Radio. Will that work for everybody to reach you? Sure. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Thank you again for your time and just being such an awesome guest and and sharing so much intel. Uh, You know, I I know I'm going to tweak a couple of things. I love that quarterly one day to myself. I could use it for doctor's appointments. I could use it to meditate all day. (laughs) But at least it's something I'm choosing that I want to do and not forced to do due to obligations and commitments. So I love that. Great. Great. Yes. So, thank you again for being on. It has been an awesome show. Um, I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that it's probably easier than we oftentimes think. Look how many ideas we came out of with today. Uh, Thank you again uh, for joining me, everyone. You've been listening to Architective Change with me, your host, connie whitman on webtalkradio.net thanks and have a wonderful week and maybe schedule something do that little different uh to change your mind and make a new habit have a great week everyone
0: you've been listening to the architect of change with your host connie whitman of whitman associates thank you for tuning in we're glad you were here